you are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone, this is Tony Dow, and welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And yeah, another episode, but today's episode isn't just any episode. This is actually the 100th episode. So I started this series in the beginning of the year, not sure where it would go. And I knew that I was going to be quite ambitious with, you know, covering intro topics, doing interviews and covering news, but it was a really great learning experience and I've gotten some great feedback from all of you. This podcast has amassed a decent following and it's all because of you guys for subscribing and sharing this with all your friends and colleagues. And I really want to express my gratitude and say thank you to all of you for being so supportive of the podcast. It really, really means a lot and I owe its success to all of you. So I got a few questions from listeners about whether I'm going to be doing something special for episode 100. And also the most common questions that I get from students and pharmacists is how do you get into pharmacy informatics? And of course, I do have some advice, which you will hear in a bit. But I figured that, you know, what about all the guests that I have interviewed? Nearly every single guest that I have interviewed has had amazing advice on how to position yourself to be successful in pharmacy informatics. So this episode is going to be a celebration of the podcast as well as recapping nearly every special guest response to the question of what advice would you give to someone who wants to get into pharmacy informatics? But before we get into that, I have one quick announcement. For those of you who don't know, I recently got married last month and we are actually going to be going on to our honeymoon this weekend. So there won't be a new episode of Pharmacy IT and Me for about a week and a half. But hey, I got to 100 episodes with no break, so that's got to be good, right? After I come back, there might be some scheduling restructure with the podcast, and then we'll start up again with a news recap, and, you know, I have some more interviews lined up and some topics lined up. But, you know, enough of that. Let's get into the advice from all of our guests. Hope you enjoy. If you're interested and you're apprehensive at all, don't be. Because I had, there was really nothing on my CV that was like, you know, experience in programming. Uh, there was, I mean, there was like a project that I did during PGY1 that I optimized uh, uh, this large Excel document for corporate at Ralph's. But, um, but for the most part, I didn't really have the background of somebody that looks like they should be going into information technology or computer science. But I did demonstrate to them that I was interested and that I had the aptitude to learn new things. And, um, you know, did that I was good at you know, all the regular stuff of going to residency, like working well with the team and things of that nature. You truly don't learn informatics until you're immersed in the role. I've always helped out with the position because you're originally in that role to begin with. But hitting the ground running is a different experience than actually having someone there as your arm floaty. So that that was an eye opener. And then in terms of the pharmacy specific content, you know, there's there's just a really a lot of informatics things that are that are public. So I usually talk to students and I say, you know, a really good thing would be to familiarize yourself with the way that ICD-10 diagnosis codes work. It tends to not be something that's taught in a lot of pharmacy programs as far as I can tell, but I can but I can tell you that in the data world, you know, having that information and understanding how ICD-10 works and how all the, uh, you know, that is really the way that in all data, medical data, especially claims that, you know, diseases and specific disease types are, are categorized. You know, in terms of the classifying drugs, you know, it's a little tough because a lot of the resources that are, are used to categorize drugs are proprietary. So in that world, you start to talk about things like First Data Bank and and Metaspan, and you know those are those tend to be very expensive. And so you know, as a student, you might not have necessarily access to that. However, there are lots of situations where students might have an internship or work in a certain setting where that institution might have access to you know First Data Bank or Metaspan data. And typically, there is will be someone at that institution that, you know, if you express an interest and you want to learn some things related to that, there usually is at least one person that would be interested in showing you how those tables work and, you know, some of the core principles of the way that drug data is categorized within those databases. Well, 
I can speak for uh, Epic-based institutions only because uh, getting certified in their software requires a hospital sponsorship. But for right now, the the two best ways I can think of are if you're already a pharmacist working at a place that's going to upgrade to Epic or some other software, uh, they, they usually take some internal staff and switch them over to IT just because they have, you know, great process knowledge and great workflow knowledge. Your other option, which I've seen more and more, is to complete a residency in informatics. And there's, you know, there's ways to supplement that. If you're working at a hospital, you can tell your director you're, you have an interest in it and maybe ask to be put on projects that are informatics related. For example, the IT staff, they always need clinical validation for, you know, IV pumps, uh, how they work, and also to maintain the database for the drug cabinets like Apixis or Accudose. Um, if you're not already in the hospital, maybe maybe going the residency route is probably going to be your fastest. But really, it's all about you know opportunity. You know, my career in Epic started at an institution where geographically it was difficult to recruit you know full time talent there, and you know they were in the midst of an installation. I happened to get lucky. So there there are opportunities out there. You just uh, you just got to look for them. My advice would be to. There's typically two ways of doing it, at least historically. Either you're kind of working in a particular in a particular institution that ends up going live with a new system, and you kind of get pulled into it there. And that's been historically uh, the way that pharmacists have been pulled into informatics or to do a residency. I think that the opportunities to get pulled in because of go lives are. I mean, if I'm just kind of thinking about how I think about the landscape, I think those are kind of going away a little bit just because, you know, a lot of places have, have recently switched, you know, to a new EHR. And so and I've kind of settled into into one that they're they're looking to use long term. So that being said, I think the best opportunity is to is to do a residency, PGY1 and then a PGY2 informatics residency, maybe one of the easier ones, easier ways to, to get that experience. But I think there's still there could still be opportunities to, to really, you know, get some really good work experience. And to really, I think, familiarize yourself with operations, because I think that's really huge in terms of informatics, being able to understand operations, clinical and just the, the workflow in the pharmacy to be able to provide value and then to maybe try to get an IT certificate and kind of go from there and see see if you can kind of network and, and, and play the field a little bit. The things that I've learned over all these years, I wish I had known these earlier but I really admire our young folks because I think that they do kind of have this in their mindset. I would say that the most important thing is to understand what makes you, what drives you, what is your passion and your purpose. That would be the first and foremost thing. Oftentimes, I see students who really know what they want to do, and they've been inspired by others. And there are some that are just don't know what to do. So what I would say is to try to figure that out. There are a lot of things you can do. Networking with people, asking people like myself, you know, what have you done? Why do you like it? Always asking why. I think sometimes we shy away from that because we think, well, you know, that person, you know, doesn't want to talk to me or whatnot. But trust me, people who are in this profession love to talk about their journeys and where they got and what keeps them in it. I would say surround yourself with people who persevere. It's very inspiring to be around people like yourself, who's doing this podcast, but others who have these bright ideas. In our field, we have people who are doing YouTube videos to help others. We are we have people who volunteer their time out with in these different areas, and and so in, you know, surround yourself with. People like that, and it will be inspiring to go around uh, to keep you going. I would say also set some goals that align with your purpose. My husband at a young age used to tell me, you know, what is your goal? And I never, I would come up with them, but never really thought, how did that tie back? And now, as I'm much older, I would say, gosh, you know, that is important to know why you're doing anything. And sometimes we just go through the kind of the routine, but you find yourself kind of lost. But if you have a sense of purpose, time will just be so much fun in your career. And lastly, I would say to understand all these things, build some time to reflect for yourself and have some balance. Make sure that what's important to you, like yourself, your family, is you carve out time for that. 
in my career, I've seen so many people who only live to work. And then there are those who only work to live. And I would say that somewhere in between there, there needs to be a balance. But build time to reflect, you know, keep your health up and enjoy life because life can be really short. And I would say that after my long journey, 30 plus years in pharmacy, I would say that at the end of the day, you want to be happy with what you've done what and what you can share with others. Um, yeah, as, as far as other students out there that are interested in this kind of field, like I said, it's kind of what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. If you can find or if your school is lucky enough to have an opportunity like this, definitely pursue it. The financial burden, at least at our school, is not that much extra. So it's very, it's like kind of a, like one of those once in a lifetime opportunities that you can get a great degree that'll set you up to open up many other doors. And just don't be scared to not take it. Not saying say yes to everything, but if you're really interested in it, put a lot of effort into it and you'll get great results out of it. Like I'm still shocked of like the amount of people that I've been able to meet through this degree yeah. and being able to places I've been able to go, people I've been able to talk to and just all the great experiences that kind of change your perspective on what's traditionally out there. And you, like I said, you can just make whatever you want out of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the starting point really is, is you have to have a very solid clinical footing. You have to know what you're doing first, right? It's important to go out there, get that clinical experience, because that's what you take with you. So you take that with you and you, you, you show how your clinical or your domain expertise can be used and applied in a health technology company. And I also highly recommend and suggest folks to attend these health technology conferences. There are plenty of them. There are some great conferences out there for everything from Health 2.0 to HIMS. You know, there's some MedCity events as well. And look them up, see what's in your area. Go see what people are working on. And I feel like that in itself will help inspire you and help you find a niche or a place for yourself in this industry. Especially if you're a little more innovative and creative, I can guarantee you, you can find a role for yourself. So my tips are be a failure and to be a stalker. So that sounds really weird, but <laughs> yeah, which makes you sound like a very spiteful ex, but in all seriousness... Yeah, please expand on that. <laughs> in all seriousness, you know, you should, everyone should try to fail fast and fail often. So you're able to learn from your mistakes and be able to make changes. It just only improves you as a person, but being able to try to find you know, different opportunities, uh, take risks, and, and you don't know the opportunities that you have unless you really try. So don't be afraid to fail. And second, my tip is to be a stalker. And I don't mean be a Facebook stalker, but a LinkedIn stalker. So there are a lot of people that have interesting careers that you might want. So I would go and look into people's LinkedIn and once you find an interesting job and it's something, it's a career that you might look into, I would recommend to backtrack on terms of how they got there and kind of copy the things that they've done in their career because it's also good to have perspective of where they were also because there's a lot of people that enter in informatics with a PGI-1, a PGI-2 in informatics. There are other pharmacists that were staff pharmacists for years and they just knew how to fix a printer and naturally, naturally transitioned, or others may have gotten a job just right out of pharmacy school. So when I was in pharmacy school, I was looking for people that have just immediately graduated pharmacy school and landed an informatics position. And I would look in terms of how they got to that position, what are the unique things that they've done to really stand out during that point of time. And you could take an extra step by really reaching out to them and sending a genuine introduction and trying to schedule a chat. And some people are going to ignore you and you're going to have a scene icon in your message thread that would haunt you, but that will go away. But there's others that would definitely go out of their way, like myself and then many other informaticists that would help you out in terms of flourishing your informatics career path. Yeah, like for me personally, it was almost luck of the draw. Just having my buddy Alex, he's on, he's honestly one of the top students at the university. And I, I truly think he's maybe one of the best students to ever come through our College of Pharmacy. I mean, he's outstanding. He's I respect him a huge amount. And he really set the bar high with the internship. And I had no choice but to, you know, kind of follow suit. So 
if you if there are older students already with a role, I would definitely start picking their brain. I would uh, let them know that you want to be involved, that, you know, if there's opportunities to work on projects, even if it's free, even if it's volunteer work, I mean, take that on and try to prove your worth, essentially, because that's that's how you can create opportunities for yourself. And my school just started the MHIT PharmD dual program. They actually will start offering that, I think, at the end of this spring for students to apply and potentially start that program in the fall. And if I could do it all over again, I mean, I wouldn't have that. I wouldn't have that available to me. But if I was starting pharmacy school right now, I would absolutely try to get into that MHIT program. A lot of those MHIT programs require that projects be finished and be done through the informatics people at the hospital or at the organization that you're doing the MHIT piece with. So I would I would definitely go down that route if it's available to you. And, you know, you, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. And I know that's such a cheesy line and people use it all the time. But, uh, you know, don't be afraid to ask. You might end up right back where you started or you might be granted with a phenomenal opportunity would be the, the some of the best advice I've ever been given. You can reach out to folks. You can reach out to people on LinkedIn. You know, it never hurts to introduce yourself. See someone that aligns with your work. Now don't go and blindly ask for, you know, uh, job recommendations or career counseling or things like that from random people on LinkedIn. But if you've taken some initiative, maybe you've focused one of your school projects in an area that you've been curious about. Maybe you've gotten a six-week rotation, at an eight, a, a pharmacy rotation, or if you're in a, a public health program or you're in some sort of school program, you've gone out and done some research. Maybe you've published in the area because there's plenty of resources available online. You can reach out to folks on LinkedIn. You can set up a brief 15, 20-minute calls, but show that person that you're really interested in that you're not going to be wasting their time. And so, you know, you might talk to a dozen counselors or career counselors and folks and they'll tell you, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do. That's your choice. You know, what do you want to do? And so the only way you're going to know what you want to do is to get involved. I was always involved in school. I always implored my classmates to be involved with me, to go to industry association meetings, to, you know, ISPOR, the International Society for Pharmacoeconomic Outcomes, Pharmacoeconomic Outcomes and Research, ISPOR. You go to these things, AMCP. And you see what's out there. You learn and you see what it's like to work at those jobs. You don't believe after three or four years of graduating how many people add you on LinkedIn after you're in the working world because they want to know what you're doing and what they're doing. Maybe working in a retail setting isn't pushing their limits of what they feel they can do and they want to do more. So as a student, you have the chance to learn as much as you can about the jobs that exist out there. There's been a couple other podcasts like Cobal Patel's podcast and other folks you've had on here that have said very similar things, that you really have to be open-minded and put yourself out there, conquer your fear to do that, and reach out to your school support staff as well if you have issues or if you have, uh, find that to be a struggle. I also tell people, if you think you want to do a residency, I fully support that. I didn't do one, but the clinical experience you get from doing your residency and spending a little more time as a practicing licensed pharmacist, is invaluable, even if you want to go into industry. Yeah, I would say the number one thing is to have a reason why, right? So why are you wanting to go into informatics, right? So for me, it was because I wanted to bridge that gap of communication between inpatient and outpatient. And that's always kind of been my why, right, in informatics. And and there should always be a why to everything that you do, but to start with the why and be be able to articulate that to anybody that you you talk to, because then they'll really latch onto that and say, okay, this person has a purpose and this person is passionate about this. And so from there, you know, be able to take that why and solicit help or mentorship from people around you. So Start with your professors in pharmacy school. If you have an informatics professor who's connected with this, this, and this person, they'll start connecting you with other people. Or if you don't have that luxury, look to see, okay, where on LinkedIn can I find someone that seems to have a cool job, right? And first tell them, you know, why you're reaching out, you know, why you're interested in informatics. You know, there's got to be a specific reason there. And then, you know, say, hey, I would love to reach out. Maybe we could have a chat over the phone for 30 minutes. I would just love to rack your brain and really understand what you do and why you do it. So I think 
those two things are kind of how I would start with, with pursuing a career in informatics. And, and obviously, I mean, I guess I would be biased, but this is, there's absolutely, and I think David is a great example of someone who didn't do residency training and ended up in an excellent position, an incredible position. But obviously, you know, there is residency training and residency training can get you there as well. And, you know, I did a community-based residency first, and then I did a second year residency in informatics, but there's also that path as well. But by no means, you know, do you need residency training to get into informatics? It's just, it for sure helps, I guess. Um, it's kind of like your structured path into it. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just got to have a reason why you're getting into it and, and, and really understanding that and really believing in it. And at the end of the day, you know, you'll you'll find people that gravitate towards you and, and will hire you. So, I would say, first and foremost, if you're interning at an institution or you're a pharmacist on staff, get involved with pharmacy informatics projects. Get involved with pharmacy informatics projects at your institution. So we're all implementing new systems. We're all enhancing our systems. And if you have an interest in that area and your institution really doesn't have a pharmacy informaticist on staff, but really relies on IT, might be a good time to volunteer and express your interest and really get involved with those projects. And that will move you into that position of, of specialty and eventually might put you in the spot where you could justify a position at that institution for a full-time pharmacy informaticist. But if nothing else, get involved, volunteer, express your interest to your pharmacy director, let them know that you're interested in doing informatics projects and get involved. Another thing students can do and pharmacists is go out there and do pharmacy continuing education and pharmacy informatics. And through ASHP, through HIMSS and other organizations, there are continuing education programs. There are certificate programs that can be done. And the topics are very similar to what I really explained in the introductory course and certificate program that we have here at, at our school. But, for example, ASHP has a certificate program that you can purchase and go through, and it will cover all of the basics of pharmacy informatics and put you in a position where you have a good understanding of the concepts and would be able to really jump in and help out with informatics projects at your institution. If you're a pharmacy student and you're interested in, in some of these different career paths, I think following up with guest lectures and other people who might teach in the programs uh, can be really valuable and can give a lot of insight into potential paths that people can take. And I think just, you know, being open to non-traditional roles. I think a lot of us, uh, when we get into pharmacy, we just imagine that there's kind of one or two main career paths. But I think, you know, in listening to podcasts like this and going to networking events, and working with people, you know, on projects and uh, research, I think that's such a great way to really expand uh, your horizons and know kind of all the different things that are out there and that are possible, but also to make your own um, opportunities. So if you see something really cool that's happening and you think that, you know, that could be something interesting from a pharmacy perspective, or you're not sure maybe they don't have a pharmacist involved yet, I think you could reach out and, and just, you know, talk about potential opportunities uh, and directions for involvement and and I think, you know, that can never hurt. <laughs> I mean, you might be shot down, but at least you've tried and at least you've put that on their horizon and on their kind of in their vision. So, so there's possibilities that could come from that. And one of the things that I stress to pharmacists that wants to get into informatics is what do you want to do, right? First, what is it that you want to do? If you want to stay in pharmacy, then a pharmacy residency, a PGY2 residency in pharmacy informatics is the best way to go because then that teaches you about everything that goes into the pharmacy, like the maintenance, the maintenance of the formulary, the all of those hands-on items that you need to maintain a quality system for your medication use process. However, if you want to go beyond the world of pharmacy, you need to do like either a master's in health informatics or in IT proper itself or in um, bioinformatics and all of those other informatics programs that are out there. It 
basically depends on what you want to do. Like, for example, if a pharmacist wants to do pharmacogenomics and work in informatics, do, just doing a residency in pharmacy informatics may not be enough because you need to understand the genomic part of, of the system. So therefore, you, it's better suited for you to do a degree in bioinformatics. You know, if you want to do more like data analytics and visualizations and all that, then it's better suited that you do an analytics degree with a biomedical informatics degree. So that's why I think that all depends on where you want to go and where you want to be as a pharmacist in informatics. Absolutely. So in our schools up here in Ontario, we do have the opportunity to take elective courses. And I chose when I was at the University of Toronto, I actually took computer programming courses as my elective courses because I always was just interested in it. But the other thing, too, is, is I think when you're doing things like your hospital placements or your community placements and things, it's great just to ask the questions of the of the software or service or the vendors, because a lot of the times there's a lot of of opportunities for education that really go untapped by the pharmacists. So I remember when I was working at in the hospital sector, we used Meditech, which is obviously quite prevalent in terms of a, a hospital informatics system. And it was always the IT department that went to the Meditech training sessions. And I loved working with my IT department, still always do. But, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for pharmacists or pharmacy managers or even pharmacy, regulated pharmacy technicians to go to these courses. Same with the automated dispensing cabinets. They usually, when you purchase cabinets, you get, you know, free hours of training. Absolutely take advantage of that. Try to ask for, you know, test environment like companies like Meditech, you know, I, I made a bunch of broken order sets in Meditech before I ever made my first one that worked, but get access to those test environments because usually, you know, a pharmacy department is full of people that want to, you know, just go and do resident or patient care. But if you've got that kind of slant where you want to, you know, see what makes everything tick, just ask for the access. Usually everyone's super excited to just, you know, have someone else that also gives an, a different mindset because when IT professionals or healthcare IT professionals who are not healthcare practitioners design things, they don't think necessarily about some of the some of the day-to-day processes. And we always as pharmacists end up creating workarounds. It's like, no, get in there and, you know, make friends with your IT department and say, you know what, hey, did you know that we have to do this because of this this functionality or lack of functionality and just, you know, work with them. Sure, that's a great question, Tony. And you had an episode dedicated to PGY2 pharmacy informatics residency programs. When those of you were non-committal in recommending the PGY2 uh, route versus going directly into working in, in a pharmacy informatics position, and I agree with you that PGY2 program is not for everybody. My own path is typical of a lot of people who do not do a PGY2 residency in pharmacy informatics. They get work experience first that enter informatics. PGY2 residency does require a PGY1 residency first, which is very competitive. And there are only 25 PGY2 pharmacy informatics programs listed on ASHP's website and handful of combined PGY1, PGY2 programs in informatics. I believe that um, the advantage of a PGY2 program in pharmacy informatics is similar to residencies in general. Our resident rotates through several learning experiences such as outpatient and inpatient uh, pharmacy informatics, CDS, data analytics, and others. The program exposes the resident to a wide variety of experiences that would not normally be received as quickly in a typical pharmacy informatics job. Our residents get EPIC certified, and we have been fortunate in that we were able to retain our first two residents, although we know that this will not always be possible in the future. However, our intent is to train our residents to work in positions inside or outside of our organization with the hope of becoming a future leader in the field. You know, I just want to tell all of your listeners, and I think I probably touched on it, but this is such an exciting place to be, and you can make such an impact 
in people's lives doing this kind of work. And do a little research on Google, the opioids and health information technology, and you can see how these things that are can seem very foreign really do make a difference in people's lives. And I think that whether they, you know, decide to go to UCF, whether they decide to go somewhere else or take a, you know, less formal route in education, there's there's so much good that can be done by focusing on on this piece. Another piece of advice I would give is to try out programming to see if you like it. I'm personally a fan of a, a website called Data Camp, and we can include that in the show notes. It's a great platform if you're interested in being like a data scientist or a data analyst. They have a lot of courses on Python, R, and SQL, which are three of the main programming languages that you'd use. Um, I would also say try seeking out others who are doing what you want to do. And so your professors while you're in school, I would encourage any students to ask them if they know any people that are doing informatics. From my experience, they were happy to connect me with whoever they knew in the field. And then even going on LinkedIn, and I was even one time searching just in the LinkedIn search bar, PharmD and Google. And there was a pharmacist who worked at Google. So you can find people super easily on platforms like LinkedIn and connect with them to get a better idea of what they do day in and day out. And then I think it's important to also remember that you went to pharmacy school, but you learned a lot of skills that are also applicable to other fields. So critical thinking is an important part of being a pharmacist, but also an important part of programming and working in technology. And then <clears throat> I would also say the the pharmacist Slack, where we actually met, um, that's a great opportunity. We have an informatics channel and an in- innovation channel that get a lot of ideas um, going in. Pharmacists and students can feel free to ask questions of all of us in the group, and everyone's been happy to answer any questions that come up. Well, the very first piece of advice that I tell anybody who wants to go into the type of job that I'm doing is you can't do this for the money. If you, if, if money, it's just like if, if you want to be a physician, you don't become a physician because of the money. You become a physician to take care of people. So for me, I'm, this is something that I love and I, I absolutely love doing. I like being able to make a difference in people's lives. So first, my first piece of advice is do it for love. Do not do it for any other reason. If you, I mean, I don't know who said it, but there's a, there's a saying, you know, find a job that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. That's how I feel about being a pharmacy IT consultant. The other thing is, you know, you also have to understand that, you know, even though this is a passion for me, you know, this has to be a passion for you as well. Otherwise, you're going to burn out and it's just not going to be worth it for you. But you also have to understand this is not a Monday to Friday gig. You know, this is not some sort of eight to five job. You'll get phone calls at three o'clock in the morning saying, why didn't this work? You know, we're having a problem with this. We lost this. This is something that you have to be prepared to be a fully integrated part of your life, not just an eight to five job. So find something you love, do it for love and know that it's, you know, it's going to be a major part of your life. I think some of the biggest advice that I would give is to recommend that students or even like PGY1 residents get involved in projects that would involve informatics. I think that at a lot of institutions, really anything that's a clinical initiative almost inevitably ends up being an informatics initiative as well. So I think that it's really a great opportunity, even if perhaps it's not directly related to build. So maybe you don't have the opportunity to be on an informatics team or be closely involved with an informatics team as a student based on where your location is and what opportunities are available. But what you do have the opportunity to be involved in most of the time in is would be to be involved in projects. And I think that that really is what informatics is when you take away the electronic health record. It's project management and coordination. And I think that really taking all of those opportunities that you have to learn those skills will really 
reap dividends in the future when you're trying to apply those skills using informatics instead of perhaps using clinical skills or, or, or that other arena. So I would say for students that are considering the field, I think it would be important to find projects. If they can be informatics related, great. If they can't be, that's totally okay. There's plenty to learn from even just a different project that teaches you those skills of following something through, coordinating people, coordinating things, and seeing things to completion. I think as a student, what I found was that one of the biggest limitations is that we're not actively involved in the working world or even in the professional community. A lot of us, you know, we take part-time positions in a community pharmacy or even in hospital, but we're not there day in, day out. And it's really hard for us to get perspectives and realistic insights about what's going on, quote unquote, out there in the real world. And we get glimpses of it here and there. But I think the best we can do while in school is to, you know, keep our eyes peeled, you know, expose ourselves to different opportunities and to take advantage of the resources we are offered because there are a lot of resources. It's just, we just have to find them really. And we just have to ask and not be afraid to do so. For example, the health hackathon that I mentioned, you know, it was just something that was posted on social media. We probably get alert fatigue from all the things that pop up on social media, but if something piques your interest, then go for it and just give it a try. You know, I had no idea going into the health hackathon what what to expect, what it was really. I was just like, oh, um, healthcare professionals, um, designers, sure, why not? And it just really opened my eyes. And I think just that one event being the catalyst that changed my career path is really cool. Um, I think as a student, it's also a great idea to go to local conferences. So whether that be a pharmacy conference or even health technology conferences that are now becoming a lot bigger. I went to one in Vancouver called the Interface Health Summit, and it was really great. Um, they had people all across North America and even Europe come over just to speak about technology. And each year they have a different theme. So the uh, last year when I attended, it was neuroscience theme and it was, you know, the human brain connection and a lot of the speakers we're talking about technologies that were improving neuroscience related healthcare. And I think the biggest thing is to stay open minded about our profession. You know, there's a lot of talk about technology disrupting our profession as if it were a negative thing. But I think there's actually so much potential. And all we have to do as pharmacy students and even as already practicing pharmacists is to be open to it, to be open to incorporating something new into our practice, whether that be clinical, more retail focused or another. We just have to be willing to, you know, try something new. And as healthcare professionals, we're learning every day, you know, there's new drugs coming out as well. So we'll just why not treat this as another learning experience. And then I think the last piece of advice I would offer is to really find yourself as many mentors as you can. When I attended these conferences or even smaller scale meetups, I think I found a lot of experts in the field and you get a lot of insight and perspectives from them. If you're able to speak to as many people as you can, it's it's a really great way to learn. And mentors are just, you know, they're very valuable. And there's always people out there willing to support you, encourage you in whatever path you choose. And I think that's, that's really great for us as students or even as pharmacists. So some of the really neat things that I like to tell students is first, don't ever tell yourself no. You know, there's many ways that students can look at informatics and think, okay, I'm not a computer science major, or I'm not working for a company right now in a health, you know, informatics role, or, you know, maybe I, I don't know programming. I'm not, you know, I'm not a programmer it's, uh, per se. And so don't ever tell yourself no. Always look at the opportunities. Again, as I mentioned earlier, sort of to echo that comment about when you're on rotations or, you know, those types of things, when you're on your IPPEs or your APPEs, always ask that preceptor about opportunities to look at informatics projects because I can promise you that at a very minimum, they're going to have some type of computer system or information system that they're working with. So that could be, you know, you having a chance to work on a clinical decision support project or maybe an e-prescribing project or a workflow and barcoding project, you know, I mean, even from community all the way to hospital. You know, if you're interested in big pharma, you know, we've got several 
of our graduates who work in the pharmaceutical industry. And there's tremendous opportunity in that space with a health informatics background. You know, we've got, again, academia. It's another great place to consider corporate world as well and entrepreneurial where we have students who have graduated and become CEOs uh, and come co-founders of companies, we have students who have started their own company. And so really maximize the opportunities where you are. You know, again, it's just very simply, I'm interested in this space and, and I'd like to maybe have an opportunity to work on some projects while I'm here on this rotation or, you know, reach out to your professors at the program. There's always great networking and connectivity that can occur where, you know, a student um, could indicate that interest and, you know, reach out to and that professor and that College usually has great connections and great preceptors where they can help match a student together uh, to be able to see what that's involved. So irrespective of where you are now, you can always start by just doing that. Well, I would say, number one, you know, definitely look out for opportunities where, you know, you are able to get involved with pharmacy related projects and IT, that is right. So if there's an implementation going on within your hospital site, right, perhaps there's an opportunity for some testing or even training, right? That That's a good way as well because, you know, in a lot of ways you're, you need to learn how the software functions, not just from your day-to-day, but beyond that, right? So it's just really finding those opportunities, you know, or when it does present itself to get involved in implementations on your hospital site. That's a way in as well. It also gets to showcase your value, right, as a pharmacist there. Because this is one thing I will say. You know, I was hired in my first informatics position, and it was a central department. It wasn't pharmacy days. So I had nurses in our department. I had some uh, couple of folks who came from the radiology department. It came from lab. But, again, they saw my background as a pharmacist as being valuable, right? So they could teach me the IT stuff. And, you know, a lot of uh, IT departments, you know, they're willing to send you training and all of it. But if you have the background, you know, in pharmacy and you have a desire to learn, you know, a lot of departments will teach you the other things that you don't know. So I would say look for those opportunities where you can contribute to maybe an implementation on site. That's one. And then another route, if you will, is networking. Listen, I, I can't tell you how valuable it has been for me to attend some IT conferences in the healthcare space, particularly HIMSS, right? I, I am a big proponent and fan of HIMSS. I've attended almost every HIMSS conference from 2012 until today, right? And the thing is about going to those conferences that I don't see as many pharmacists as I would like to see there, right? You have some that are attending, but I would say go to those conferences because, number one, it's going to open your eyes to other areas within IT, or health IT, I should say, that will help broaden your perspective. That's one. And then also because, you know, you're, you're sort of, you know, in a, you're a part of a smaller group in a big space. It's a great way to just introduce yourself to folks in other disciplines, perhaps uh, people that are recruiting, right? for their companies as well, because you do have a job fair there as well. And it might be a way for you to get into the industry that way also. And then, of course, there's ASHP. You know, there's this, you know, we have a great informatics group there as well, right? So there are opportunities there to network and to get your name out there, right? And, you know, be discovered in terms of uh, trying to land a position in the field. So I would say those are my top two ways of into the informatics field if that's what you desire to do. For students, I would say there are lots of opportunities as a student to do things in informatics in terms of you will have to take initiative, of course. It's not something that is already existing. A lot of times you would have to seek it out yourself. We have students that come in and shadow us from our entity, but you also can, every single health system that you're out, that's out there has of someone that's in pharmacy informatics and reaching out to them, just expressing interest. They will, I think, more than likely let you come on and shadow with them. I believe that just being open to a different type of field is also very good, especially because as a student, you ha- that's the time you can explore the most. And you can look into it. For me, I looked into 
of pharmacy of France as a fourth year student, but I was it was something I was looking into prior to that, and I wanted to get more experiences, which is why I decided to do um, an app rotation with it and then pursue it after my PGY one. I think just know that there are so many wonderful pharmacists who have been successful, who've had achievements, but also learned from challenges in their careers. And just reach out to them and learn about their path. And, you know, I, I think I met a lot of pharmacists in informatics that started out in the community setting or started out in the hospital setting and didn't necessarily stumble upon informatics. But I think they had that curiosity. And when they worked in those spaces, they said there has to be a better, easier way to do this. Right. And we all see the challenges and what causes us headaches when we go to work every single day. And we all know when technology is working and is set up correctly for us, that's probably a good day. When we have downtimes or we have challenges or processes aren't there to help us when technology may be not working optimally, then that's probably a bad day for us. So I would say connect with the pharmacists in your committee and learn about their journeys. Oftentimes, wonderful pharmacists who are in the realm of informatics, that wasn't their first job, nor it was mine. Folks probably had to work in different settings first. And I do think it's key for anyone interested in informatics is it's important to be in the trenches and know what it's like for that technician or that clerk or that pharmacist who's using the technology there. See what they say that they like about it. See what they find frustrating. Because what we're trying to figure out with any technologies, where is the technology rigid and structured and where is it flexible and pliable for us to mold into something that's more optimal for all the people using it? So for our residency program, we have had applicants who are practicing pharmacists and they would be transitioning back into a residency. I think the main challenge that I've noticed for them is, one, grappling with the fact that they're going back into a residency and it is a change of pace because you're going to have to have preceptors again and it's also a financial sacrifice at that point. And so we really ask them, is there some, is that something you're prepared to do? So my advice would be if you are trying to get into informatics and let's say, for example, the residency route, you really have to clearly state and be sure about it because if not, then, you know, the interviewers or the people from the program can sense that it's, it's not something that you can hide, I think. So that's one thing, being sure. The other piece is if you are, you know, just applying into a position. From what I've seen, I think I think it's not necessarily to have the exact type of informatics experience. I think if you have projects that you can get involved in at work that show something different, something closer to that space, but it doesn't have to exactly be in informatics, then you show that interest and that ability to to think in an informatics way, sort of, so to speak. Most of the people in my department actually didn't do a PGY2 informatics program because there is no such thing. They're relying on their experience as a pharmacist. And I think that's very valuable too. And I've actually encountered two schools of thought. One is, you know, you have people who are residency trained. And so there's positive characteristics that they have from that. And on the other hand, you have people who have been practicing in the field for a long time and they just kind of unintentionally or intentionally, you know, just fell into informatics. The usual case is, oh, you know, I was just doing a more typical pharmacist job and I ended up in informatics or a series of events. So I think that's something to consider for people. If you don't get into residency right away, I guess this is more directed towards, you know, students or residents. It's if you don't get into residency right away, then your experience as a pharmacist is what can provide value to you if you're ever looking to go into informatics into the future. Within our department, we have people who are inpatient pharmacy directors who work for organizations outside of Kaiser that did things a little differently. So that different experience made them, you know, like, wow, you have these ideas or these experiences that you could offer. That's what set them apart versus um, whether they did a PGY2 informatics or not. So so I wouldn't discourage anyone if you didn't get into residency right away or if you didn't do a PGY2, it's not by any means that that pathway is shut off to you at all. You know, I, I think if I knew you now what I knew then, I think I would say that anything is possible as long as you have a vision for what you want to do, how you want to contribute in this world. And, you know, some of the things that I didn't have 
back then are now just taken for granted for. Like, you know, uh, I think David mentioned a couple of things, you know, didn't come from the traditional computer science background, but I don't think that's needed anymore. I, I think that all the tools and resources are out there and they're freely available to self-learn some of the kind of knowledge I picked up. You know, simple things like knowing what a database structure looks like or uh, how to run SQL uh, queries, you know, all of that's out there. So I think actually I would love to be like my former self would love to be in this space right now because I can really 10x my former self in that regard. So yeah, that, that would be my sort of main point is the opportunity is wide open, even more so than in my former self. So Nowadays, there's a lot of different roles that pharmacists can do. And I know a lot of different colleagues that are pharmacists who are in those type of roles. Like there's someone I recently spoke with where she, her title was basically an IT analyst, but she happened to have a pharmacy degree. So, you know, I, I think I would tell myself, don't limit my searches just to pharmacy informatics, pharmacist informatics. And, you know, Dave is an example too, that you can get into a role that does not need you to be a pharmacist, but because of your background as a pharmacist, you can make the most out of it. So I think like for me, like that would be the main thing that I would tell myself is don't limit myself and just know that there's many things that I can do with my degree that doesn't have to be in like doesn't have to be a pharmacist role. I think the advice I would give, and it's certainly not related to our topic at all right now, but um, I have another one that I can say that is more related. The first advice I would say, though, is that eight years ago, or how long has it been? Six years ago. <laughs> Six years ago, when I graduated, the only thing on my mind was work. And I think if I were to go back and tell myself something, it would be to not work as hard because work will always be there but relationships are the most important things to cherish. And I think that's so, so important no matter what you do. Find something, whatever it is, that makes you happy and, and stick to that. And I think for a second advice that maybe is more related to this topic is find a mentor. Because you can subscribe to YouTube channels, you can watch podcasts, you can read blogs, you can look at various subscription newsletters from various organizations to get an idea of what's out there. But I think mentors, you know, especially mentors who have many years of experience can give you a better idea of all the different things that you can try out there. And they're, they'll guide you along and, you know, perhaps look at things in you that you might not have seen yourself uh, and maybe guide you down a certain path. So I think mentors is like my general answer to a lot of things that I wish I would have done myself is to gravitate towards someone that can help me with certain things. So those, that's kind of my uh, two advice is I would give myself. All right. I really hope that this episode provided you with a good summary of all the advice out there. And if you like this episode, you can subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or of course, any of your other favorite podcasting services. And as always, you can follow us on social media on Twitter or Facebook at PharmacyITME or Instagram at Pharmacy Informatics. Or you can email me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. Thank you again so much for listening, reviewing, subscribing, and spreading the word about the podcast. And I'll see you in a few weeks on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is the tool, patient care is the goal. Yeah.